we got some special guests. Will you help me welcome up to the platform tonight, Pastor Tim and Dana Wimberly? Let's go. Welcome, guys. Hello. 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 Great to see you. You guys can, uh, I think we are literally under a heater vent, so um, I think we got it adjusted, though, so I think we'll be good. Um, this will be for you guys here. This will be for you guys to share here. Um, welcome. First of all, I mean, I don't know if it'll, I'll probably peel back a little bit. Uh, will you, um, so here's what I love relationships and singleness. I did this with Pastor Kelly last week. I wanted you to know why she was important to me, why she mattered to me outside of just uh, being a guest speaker. Um, and I'll do that as well for these guys. Um, these guys, Pastor Tim and Dana, a lot of you may know because of their uh, relationship to Living Water and their history at this church. But if you aren't from Living Water or you're newer to Living Water, you may not know them um, in the recent years. Uh, but my family met the Wimberleys back in 1995. We, we moved up to Olympia when I was four. And um, they were one of the first families that my mom and dad, I don't know where y'all met. I don't know how it all got interconnected, but it was probably here at Living Water. And uh, we became good friends right out of the gate. I became good friends with their boys. Um, which they have five of, and they'll talk more about that in, in a moment. And uh, and so that's when we met, and we've stayed connected over the years, but in recent years um, have really connected. And uh, and these guys, I, yeah, hard to describe in words how they've encouraged and poured into my life and my wife's life, but um, they've produced five really incredible children that uh, I also have a lot of uh, great relationships with, and they mean a lot to me. So this whole family means a lot to me, and uh, it's just a privilege for us to have them with us tonight. They're they're busy. They got a lot going on. There's a high demand when it comes to people that want their time, and um, and so they they don't ever that doesn't come ever uh, across from them. They never make somebody feel that way. But I want to say it's an honor for us to have them here, and for them to take the time to be here to invest in you means. Um, that they care about you, they care about the next generation, and uh, and so for that, I just want to say thank you, because um, it, it means a lot to us. And so, with that, welcome. Thank you. Will you guys introduce Hello. yourselves? Hello. Will you introduce yourselves a little bit in who you are, maybe just a little bit, of, a little bit more background, and and then we'll jump into a conversation. I'm Tim. I'm Dana. And we're the Wimberleys. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, picture. Oh, yeah. Is there, there you picture? go. That was taken on Super oh, Bowl Sunday. There. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so these are our boys. Uh, we have been, well, we've been married 35 years. And. Come on. <laughs> it's. Um, so yes, the boys are ours. We have five and they, who's talking here? Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Just checking. Um, they married five amazing women and that we are blessed to call our daughters. And we have, uh, seven, uh, almost eight grandchildren. And of the seven, there's only one boy. And we have all these girls. So we went from a boy gang to a girl gang. And the girls are winning. They are. Yeah. So. You know what I might do? Um, 
let me try to, so you guys don't have to alternate mics because that might be helpful. Oh, right. You sure? Yeah. Okay. okay. We're good. Okay. We're easy. Can you hear us? See? Yeah. There you go. Um, so, yeah. So, what, 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 are you, what are you doing right now? Uh, so we are, uh, we're Foursquare, we're FMI missionaries, which is just the family that we're a part of uh, denominationally. For FMI stands for? Foursquare Missions International, and we are um, workers, missionaries, we're, uh, we're Jesus people, and uh, missionaries just like you, and we've been, uh, we were in Cambodia for three years, we just finished our, our first three-year term in Romania. We were here on staff for about 20 plus years. And uh, so, yeah. And, and you guys started something here. What, what, what was your initial, when you came up here the first time, what was that? What was, uh, it, for, what was it for? We came, we came as youth. We were youth pastors in San Diego. And we moved here to be youth pastors here. And then we were high school youth pastors. We were doing a, a discipleship school in San Diego called Master's Commission, and we brought Master's Commission here that eventually became Anthem, uh, which is a just a school of ministry for young adults. Yeah. And and so, uh, yeah, so we just finished our, our first three-year term, just signed for our second three-year term in Romania. And I just want to just remind us to just really be praying for Ukraine and, and Russia and what's happening because it's it's affecting all of Europe. It's affecting the world because uh, you can't not affect the world when something like this happens. And uh, we've just been praying for we have we have churches and works in both Russia and Ukraine, and they are they are I mean they they they're, they have relationship. They're connected. They're praying together, believing for God to just show up and and uh, turn this thing around. I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I just, I just want you to have that on your mind because these people's lives are completely disrupted and changed. We're right now we're preparing and probably with an expectation of maybe over 500,000 uh, refugees into Romania um, from both Russia and Ukraine, not just Ukraine. So <clears throat> we're in the working stages of trying to Prepare. That's that's in all of Romania. We're in the second largest city of Romania called Cluj. Everybody say Cluj. Cluj. Which is uh, the, did I say the second largest city? Yep. And so, probably tens of thousands of of refugees will end up in our area, and we just want to love the foreigner, amen. Because we are, <laughs> we all are. If you if if you're in Christ, you're a foreigner, because this isn't your home. Um, but being being a foreigner, being being somebody from a country that's living in another country, I'm a foreigner. Um, they call us expats. There's all kinds of names for us, but um, it's really powerful to live in that setting uh, and to experience that from a from a spiritual perspective, but also a, a natural perspective. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So it brings it just brings to light um, that we're not living for this world. So, yeah. So you guys have signed up for another three years, uh-huh. yeah. and so, I mean, you know, come serve, come come hang yeah, out. Yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it'll rock your world. We're building homes for the poor. We're caring for orphans and widows, or excuse me, orphan and displaced children and widows too. Uh, um, they they show up all over the place. Um, 
and then we're developing, uh, coaching young leaders, young families, uh, helping them become just huge people. Um, they're hungry for God. They, they, they want so much more. Um, so a lot, lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool things happening and a lot of cool things to do. So it's awesome. So, uh, diving in tonight for our conversation for love relationships and singleness. Last week we talked on singleness and was a, a really incredible perspective that I don't think most people will, um, will have on the world of singleness until they have a conversation like we got to have and, you know, think about it through maybe a different lens. Kelly's the jam. She's, she's the jam. She's dear fr- a dear friend of ours she's for awesome. years, and we've watched her live out what she taught you. So she's, she's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. She's the real deal. And so what I, what I wanted, part of what I wanted to do with this series was over the course of these weeks, um, was give our community a snapshot of different seasons and different, uh, walks of relationship. And so, you know, between, um, a couple weeks ago, Alec and Macaulay who shared as a newly married couple. Yeah. Come on somebody. Um, who are with us again tonight? Good to have you guys. Um, and then Pastor Kelly last week as a as a single individual who's who got who feels like God's called her to a life of singleness, and then a, a couple that's been married for thirty five years. And this isn't just a couple that's been married for thirty five years, because um, there's couples out there that have been married that long and longer. But that doesn't necessarily equal health. Doesn't necessarily equal a marriage that you want to have replicated in your own life or relationship um, at all. But here, here's what I can. 100% say these guys aren't perfect obviously but man they have seen it all they have walked through almost it all with a lot of different people and so whether or not their own marriage or relationship has and which I know has gone through different things in different seasons you know, as I'm sure they have have uh, counseled and walked with people young old and everywhere in between through stuff that you know could could probably be unimaginable for a lot of people and and so what a what an opportunity to hear if you are wanting to go down the path of like man I I want to be in a marriage relationship or I'm I'm in, I'm in that right now I am married or um, I, I mean you know, go in that direction to hear from two people who have not only lived out 35 years of marriage in their own life and are still here loving each other liking each other loving Jesus and loving the people around them but they have become a hub and a uh, magnetic force to other couples throughout the world that have said, like, I don't know where to go. And will you help walk us through this? And they, and they have. And so um, we just have tonight such a, a huge, uh, a huge. I just think, I guess this big old treasure chest is what I feel like we've got on our platform tonight to just hear. Nope, no, nope, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's a cryptocurrency treasure chest. It could be, it could be in the size of my phone. Um, yeah. So, uh, so here's what I want to do. I, I want to, I want them to be able to, to, to respond specifically to some of the questions that you may have. Okay, and this is open to relationships. It's open to you know the world of marriage. Um, and so again, if you've been here, we we'll, we'll put this number back up on the screen. Uh, that it's that 97. There you go. 97,000 number, if you have already texted that number in LWYA and you've gotten a text back, you can just text it on that thread. If you haven't, make sure you text LWYA um, before you text 97,000 so it doesn't go to a random other place. Because um, it will, because it's a part of a system. Anyway, um, 
But text your questions in, and I'm going to start, I'm going to ask them a question and kind of get us going. But I want you to, I want them to be able to speak into specifically what you might have uh, questions about when it comes to marriage, when it comes to relationships. And um, no question is off limits. I may not read all of the questions that come in, and we won't be able to because of time. But this is a great opportunity to ask something that you're like, how can I ask this? And um, and these are great people that, that could respond to some of that. So so send questions in. We'll keep that up um, throughout throughout the conversation because um, I want them to be able to respond specifically to those things tonight. But with that said, okay, so 35 years of marriage, okay? You guys, when did you meet, how old were you when you guys met each other? 17. I was 20. Okay. And <laughs> so, so you were young, you were young adults and in that, yes. yeah, in that season, um, will you, when, so 35 years of marriage, looking back, you know, go ahead, what are you going to say? I <laughs> know, go ahead. <laughs> um, and obviously you have, you know, d- stories of your own testimonies and journeys with Jesus, which I know plays a big, big part of this. Will you give them a snapshot of the, like, did you know Jesus when you started dating? If, if you did, what was that like? How did that play into your relationship before you got married? So these guys just have a concept. What, 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 what was that? What did you bring into the relationship from that? Snapshot is I grew up in church, uh, not necessarily walking um, close to the Lord through my high school. So, um Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty. Yeah. I was pretty innocent. Like you were. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I grew up in the church. Let me tell your part or you want to tell it? Oh, no, I <laughs> okay. Yeah. So mine's super easy. I grew up in the church. I was a Christian when we started dating, not necessarily walking closely with the Lord. I've been on my own since I was 12. Parents divorced when I was five. Um, I uh, spent almost a year and a half in juvenile prison. Um, didn't know Jesus at all. Matter of fact, couldn't, couldn't stand Christians. And uh, I was a jerk. Uh, I was a thief and a con artist. I changed my name when I was uh, 17 to Philip Pollard because I was a thief and I was stealing under his name. Went to jail for that. Um, Ended up owning my own company when I was 18, out of a fluke that I don't have time to tell you. Um, But they were uh, nutrition centers inside health clubs. And I was just a con artist. And so uh, people thought, you know, they they thought I was way older than I was. I was 18. They all thought I was 21. Because these were really elite health clubs where the nutrition center was located. And these were franchises. Okay, sorry. (laughs) And... uh, uh, so, yeah, so I got saved and two weeks later I met her. I gave my life to Jesus two weeks prior, um, was, was contemplating suicide, c- killing myself and radically came to Christ and was transformed. I was addicted to drugs, um, all of that stuff. But two weeks later at a Bible study in, this, in the very place where my business was, I met her. And uh, the rest was history. 
Yeah. And I didn't want to date. I didn't want anything to do with women because of what I had done and where I had come from. And then, I don't know, God just, he just thought it would be really good for me to have somebody. <laughs> and I'm so glad it was her. Yeah. Uh, there's more, more to that. <laughs> Because it's nuts. It's just. Nuts. I wrote a book, by the yeah, way. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. There's a it's book called "The Backside of Hope." There's a book, and you, it's you, it's an amazing book. It really is cool. I never meant to publish it. I wrote it for my boys, and uh, and then it got published. And it's it's been it's not translated yet, but we're working on it. But it's been it's gone to 24 nations. This book, <laughs> isn't that cool? It, so if you're thinking about writing a book, write it. And uh, people can get it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, you can get it on Amazon. So, I'm sorry. I wish we had them. We, we were at a church in San Diego, and we sold them all. Yeah. So we don't have any right now. Uh, but totally worth totally worth getting. Because um, the story, there's so much more that obviously we don't have time to unpack tonight. But so with that, um, so there's there's been a lot of questions that have come in. And I, I, here's what I'll do. I'm going to give you guys some not softballs, okay. knowing you're able to respond or choose how you respond in a way that won't throw you. But there, there have been a lot of questions that have come in over the course of these weeks um, that are connected to the question about um, previous experience physically with people coming into a marriage, yeah. uh, premarital sex, how, how you tell the person that you're currently with that you've had sex before them or have had different experiences and they may not know that. Just a, the whole world of like that world, bringing baggage into a relationship. I don't know your guys' full story. I don't know all of that world of... Yeah your, you know, stuff before Jesus, et cetera. Um, but so many questions about that, like an, 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 uh, more than a lot of the other questions, just about how to navigate that. How much does it actually impact right. my future marriage? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the open concept idea. Okay. I'd love for you guys to speak into Absolutely. whatever you I'd want. Absolutely, love to. And you, you can go, but let me just tell you, I want to tell you two things before I forget them because I, I can forget and the way my boys call it is the tide goes out, but if you wait long enough, the tide will come back in. <laughs> Did you get that? Okay. Don't forget what yeah. you're saying. So, number one, no secrets. Don't hide anything because it will find you out. I'm, we're walking with a couple right now that she hid because she was ashamed and she was embarrassed. And it's just blown their relationship to smithereens. And we're helping them. But I'm just telling you, no secrets. And if you don't know what to do, ask for help. Listen, you guys, ask for help. Get around people and pursue people. You be pursuers of other people. It, it, that changed my life as, as a human and as a Christian. Because I didn't know what the, yeah, I didn't know what to do. When I became a Christian, I didn't know what to do. So I started looking at people and go, well, they look okay, you know. <laughs> and I started knocking on their doors. And there were things I was like, oh, man, I want that. And then there's things I'm like, I don't want that, you know. But that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you're going to listen to us tonight. Some of you are going to like and some of you are not. It's okay. <laughs> but pursue people. Be pursuers of people. So no secrets. And here's the other one. Just, I just don't want you to forget this, yeah, because you're taking notes, right? No, just kidding. Um, is, what was I going to say? Hang on. Ah. Uh, details don't make the truth any truer. Give an example of what you mean. Meaning, 
You don't have to go into details about that you you slept with so many people or you did this. I I I was I didn't want to tell you. Absolutely. You tell them the truth. No secrets. But you don't go into all the details. I didn't tell her all the names. But listen, if I wouldn't have told her, I mean we we walked when we started dating and right, Jesus is changing my life at that time. And we're we're going into places and these are women that I slept with. And I you know, listen, can I tell you what I did? I, I went to every woman that I could and went and apologized and repented for my actions. For what I had done. And they, you know, some of them wept. Some of them just thought I was nuts. They thought I was insane. You know, some thought I was stupid. But I didn't care. Because I knew that what I had done is violated them and t- taken something from them that wasn't mine to take. Can I get an Amen. And so, um, so details don't make the truth any truer, but don't hide. This is, this all goes all the way back to the beginning. When we hide, we get found out. (laughs) And I'm just telling you, you don't have to. And I know it's scary and I know there's fear involved and there's, there's shame and there's people that have hurt us. Uh, I get it. I don't know your pain. I know mine. But I'm telling you, man, don't hide. Yeah. Don't hide. Be real. Be honest. Be truthful. And if you need help, ask for help. Yeah. Good. Do you want to say anything? No. no. I, I, I was not with anybody before we got married. No, He's it. So, so that world, you, you had to walk in a different level of grace. Oh, my can you, can you talk about that? Because that's also at play, right? There's, there's the receivers of the grace. We all need and have things to receive grace, obviously. But like in this situation, there are you know, people represented where they're the recipients of that truth from their partner or their soon-to-be husband or wife. And then they're met with that reality of like, how do I actually handle this in a way that's going to be healthy moving forward? So is there any way, anything you'd want to speak into that the world of grace that you had to walk in in that, you know, in that space for, for you guys to even be where you are today? Yeah, I think, you know, he didn't hide anything from me. First off, he told me about his, you know, his history. Again, he did not go through and so I was with her, I was with her. Now, there was one gal I knew he was with because I worked with her also. I gal, s- gal that I lived with before I met. And she worked at this health club, and I worked at the health club, so I had to go pick up paperwork every day at these clubs and saw her. Um, I didn't have a relationship with her, so there wasn't this, honestly, in my mind, I thought, well, I have them, you don't, so, (laughs) you know. Um, And that was real. Yeah. That's not fake. That was real. That was really real. Because I asked her, "How how do you handle this? Because she had a friend, a friend from Chicago, because she moved from Chicago to San Antonio. And he he came through town just wanting to see her. And I was like, where, am I, where are the guns? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this guy out. He doesn't understand. She belongs to me. You know, I, I was bad. Do you remember? Yes, I remember. Um, the funny, this one gal that we worked with, she was the one that gave you that gold chain. Yeah. Yeah, she had get, he wore this gold chain and for whatever reason he took it off 
and I can't remember why, but he asked me to hold it, and I, so are you put it in my wallet. Something. Bummer. It got knotted, and he couldn't wear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but um, as far as the grace, um, you know, honestly, it was supernatural, and it only came from the Lord because in my mind, I, I saw him as clean and renewed from the Lord. He was a new person. And I felt like that was my responsibility to, to treat him that way. Yes, there's a past, yes, things, but he was honest. I mean, he had to be honest because he said to me, I never know if I'm going to get a knock on the door and say, hey, you're my dad. True. I mean, can you imagine if I didn't know of his past and someone came and knocked on our door? Still waiting. And I'm not saying that facetiously or being funny. I'm just saying, I don't know. Yeah. But to be, I mean, real, it, it really was supernatural from the Lord that I, I just saw him as someone, you know, I think the gracious thing that the Lord did for us is that I didn't know him mm. before he got saved. And I mean, like, like transformation, like total, like I was addicted to cocaine and I shook for a week. I didn't go to rehab. I went to. I went to Jesus rehab, <laughs> and I didn't know. I, di I didn't know these things. I just knew I didn't want that anymore, and I really wanted to change, and so I did. And so literally my whole body was changing, not, not just my spirit, but my body because of what I, what I had allowed to put in my body. But I think for some people, they might need, it may not be supernatural for them like it was for me, you know. So um, just like Tim was just sharing, pursue people. Yeah. If you know people that have walked that path and, um, you know, pursue them, ask them questions. Absolutely. Keep this open and vulnerable and talking Absolutely. and, you know, like you said, no secrets. Um, and we still have that today. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll ask each other, hey, anything? Are you holding on to anything? Are you keeping anything? Just because we're human, you know? Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, we haven't figured it all out. We're still breathing and we're still alive, you know? And we're, we're still trying to, to figure this stuff out. But I, I would also say this, too. Um, I forgot. It'll come back. It will. It will because I... <laughs> It's like I got so many things running through my head because I just so appreciate the fact that you're here and that this matters to you and that you care. You care about your life and your relationship. And, you know, uh, one of the things that we have a real passion for is, is leaving people better than we found them. Always. I'm telling you, man, that is a game changer in our lives um, because... Our past, listen, our pasts are real and they are in our lives, but they don't dictate to us our future, right? I never thought, that picture of my family, I never thought I would be able to have a family like that because of my past. 
and because of what I've done, and because I didn't know what to do. But that's the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. Literally, I mean, serious. It's the greatest thing I've ever, I could go home, I could die, and I'd be good because of that. I'm not. But, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think so, you know. <laughs> but if I did, I'm telling you, greatest thing I've ever done. Greatest thing I've ever been a part of. And now they're, I mean, they're, they're not just our kids, man. They're, they're like our favorite people on the planet. And we, we love them. We love being with them and hanging out with them. And I want to be like them. You know, they're just, they're amazing humans. They're not perfect. They, they don't got it all together. Right, Alec? <laughs> Alec? <laughs> Holly's here? No, just kidding. Uh, anyway, yeah. I'm off subject, but. No, it's good. A um, couple questions have come in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit those. Just a reminder that they, quite the number's there for you guys to ask, uh, ask some questions in. Uh, when, this question says, when should a person leave their family before they cleave to their girlfriend slash significant other? In regards to the leaving. Can you say that just yeah. one more time? The, I, I'm, I wonder if they're referencing that, uh, that the scripture about leaving your father and mother, leaving and cleaving kind yes. of idea. Yeah. When should a person leave their family before they cleave to their girlfriend or significant other? Marriage. That's it. Boom. Yeah. It's the, it's the covenant that happens. Yeah. But let me tell you something. This is, this is free. But I don't know how we figured this out, but we did this. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you about it because it's amazing. <laughs> the night, I, I, had, I had the honor, we had the honor to marry all of our kids. And they got married in order. <laughs> it wasn't until the third one that I realized it. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Yeah? Do you follow me? They all got married in order. But... Every one of our kids that we married the night before, because we were with them and we were doing the way, we just said, hey, can we just have like 10 minutes? And we took them somewhere away from everybody, and we just said, this is what we said to them. We said, hey, um, we, we, you know that we bless this thing, but we want to tell you, we, we bless this thing. And we are so excited for your future. And we want you to know that you're released. After tomorrow, you're free. And you never have to come back. You're always welcome. This will always be your home. We will always be your parents. We'll always be. But I just want you to know you're free. And I'm telling you, that's probably one of the hardest things for a parent to ever do. But it has been so rewarding to us. Because we have not tried to manipulate or control their life. We let them go. We let them go. Now, the cool thing is, is they, they keep coming back. <laughs> they they want to hang out. They want to be together. They, they seek and they pursue us sometimes, but not always. But they're always pursuing others. You know why? Because we taught them that and we modeled it for them. And it was, it's probably one of the greatest things. One, we did a couple of really cool, great things. We screwed up a lot. But, but that was one really cool thing we did. And I'm telling you, it's a game changer. And it's a game changer for her with the girls, you know, because it can be intimidating to come in, you know. I mean, she, she is adored by her boys. They love their mom. 
So you can imagine these girls coming in, right? How am I going to measure up to this guy? You know? <laughs> but same thing. She just let him go. And you want to say anything about that? Isn't that good? That's great. Is that good? Just, just to throw it out there. It's free. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, there we go. Let me make sure I read it in the right order because I can't. Did I, we answer that question? Uh, I don't know exactly what the person's full question was, yeah. but I, I, I think you did. I think, yeah. I think that I, I marriage think, was the answer. And yeah, I think mar- that, marriage, and then, to me, marriage is the answer. It's, it's not before. And uh, if, if, if a young man's trying to guilt you into thinking that you have to leave and be connected to him more than your parents, tell him to, to move on. Just kick him and say, get the out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> right? Because if he's telling you to do that now, He's going to tell you other things later. Yeah. Ladies. Yeah. This one's, this is a, this is a good question. And there's a few others that kind of come under this umbrella. So I think it's a great one to, to ask. Um, here's how, here's how they worded it. I often hear stories about people who made poor life choices, parentheses, cheating, addiction, promiscuity, et cetera, and parentheses, all caps before coming to the Lord. What would you say to a believer who has known the Lord for a long time, falls into addiction, sexual morality, suicide, ideation, etc.? How do you recover from that in relationship with God and faith? So this is not your story as much as someone who has known God and has been in, right? And again, I, I can only imagine because of the couples that you guys have talked to and through yeah. throughout the years that this has been a part sure. of some of those stories. And so I'd say along this world of the known Jesus, you know, but has falls into that stuff, um, is the is the same idea with. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. That's the question. Yeah. Well, let me just say. I mean, we had premarital sex. We had sex before we were married, um, and that was just stupid. I I was ignorant, and I took advantage of her. Bottom line. And I repented, and I I asked for forgiveness, and I even did it later on in our marriage. Do you, you remember that? Um, because, because I was convicted to the core about something that I took from her that she had kept her whole life. And it just, it just hit me. And I, I needed to take responsibility for that. And we, I think we were on vacation. We were driving down the freeway. And <laughs> I just, I got all emotional, man. And I was just like, I had to pull up. I, I, I needed to tell her that I had just really, I'd really messed up. And, and I just apologized. And we've been married for a number of years. But um, so, uh, so just to, 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 to go a little further in that question, this is going to sound really cheesy. But I'm telling, you, I'm telling you, it's impossible to do this without Jesus. And the only way that you're going to get past it is getting close to Jesus. And there's no substitute, and nobody can do that for you. This is something that you have to pursue. But, but hear me, what I'm going to say, you cannot do it alone. And if you think you can, you're already done. Because you can't. God never intended for us to be alone. He never wanted us to try to figure this thing called life out by ourselves. If you, all, you just read scripture all the way through, and people were always together. Why? Because we need each other. 
And so shame, guilt, condemnation, all that stuff comes just raging in because of our poor choices or our bad choices or things that we've done. Listen, you're here, you're breathing, you're alive, you're still in the game. And Jesus, listen, here's a a beautiful fact. There is... There is nothing you can do to get Jesus to love you more than he does right now. You can't. He's already done it. He's proven it. He's told you. He showed you. And there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can do except refuse him. You can choose to do that. You have that freedom. But, but the way we get delivered is we get help and we get close to Jesus. And there's, there's no... Shortcut for that. And, and here, here's an amazing, here's an amazing um, statistic. Of all of the people that we have helped in, th- in this kind of situation, those people that have gotten close to Jesus and pursued him, they're winning. They're not perfect, but they're winning. And it's nothing we did. It's everything they chose. So, yes, along with that is living in community. Um, you know, it's the tactic of the enemy to tell you to isolate, to pull away. I don't have time for life group. I don't have time for this, you know, another thing on another night. And that is where so many people can fall into the trap of these addictions. And then it gets so far, you know, that they don't then know what to do. But living, and not that it can't happen when you're in community, but you're just more likely to um, be transparent, be vulnerable. Um, Like he said, we, we can't do this thing called life, singleness, marriage, whatever it looks like for you, alone. And so um, next to Jesus, stay in community. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So good. Can we answer the question? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What does your pursuit of each other look like in your marriage even now? Like, so pursuit, what does it look like? Maybe even how has it changed from early, early days? Mm-hmm. In the midst of distraction, the world's temptation and arguments, et cetera, how do you keep your love for each other going? Thirty, 35 years in. That's really good. Well, I chase her all over the house. Uh, I run after her. But, but I would say that's, that's one thing is that I, I really do. We're living in a trailer, so it's really good. Yeah. So I really like it because I, really, I can really get her, you know, because she can't get away. Just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> pursuit, I, I think, has probably been the greatest thing. I, I, I know we're on the stage and we, ha- I have the microphone, but I mean, I love this girl. I mean, I just, I just love her, and she was the first person as a Christian, the first person who ever showed showed me unconditional love. Because most women that I was cir- circulating around, they just wanted something from me. She never, she just wanted to love me, and, and it blew my mind. When I got, when I received her love for really kind of the, the first time, just getting to know her, 
I, it was just it was just amazing. And she's just never stopped. And we've had, you know, we've had our, our struggles and our, our fights. Uh, but uh, the pursuit um, of each other and, and um, consistent and constant growth. We've never stopped growing, both in our relationship with Jesus and each other. I'll give you an example. This, this last year, during the pandemic, we signed up for a, um, a six-month marriage uh, seminar retreat with, with a coach with four three other couples. There were four of us. And it was, it was incredible. And it was hard work. And we, we, but we learned new things. And we, you know, because we're in a different season of life. And we're a little older, you know. And so we're finding out new things. And we're experiencing new things. But, um, but we never stopped growing. And so uh, a great thing for, for new couples, new marriages, new relationships is always, 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 always use money and invest in your marriage. Because we invest in all kinds of things in our life, right, and pay for it. But one of the, the, the one things that so many marriages never do is they never invest in each other. They go on a trip. But I'm talking about seminars. I'm talking about retreats. I'm talking about opportunities to grow you and to look each other in the eyes and, you know, okay, how am I doing? Um, uh There's different seasons, um, and obviously we are in a different season now that our children are grown and it's just us. And, you know, when, I don't know, you know, when you first get married and then you have kids and you think that's just how it's going to be forever and will they ever grow up, right? But keeping that keeping that friendship because they go. They go. They're gone. And so... It's back to us. It's back to the beginning where we were, just us. And so if you don't pursue each other, then, you know, it's going to be hard when the children leave. Um, another thing that we've done is, um, that's your granddaughter. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean it. Anyway. Um, is... Sometimes, like this, during the pandemic, he I was here for um, a few months um, waiting for babies to be born, and he went back to Romania. So we do a, a Bible plan, like, well, for couples, you know, on the Bible app. And we do it together. We comment. We talk to each other about it. And, yeah, journal about what we learned from that topic for that day. And just things like that to continue to grow. Because, like you said, we're in we're in a new season, and it's different. Uh, and and a couple other things that we did we, we uh, so I, I'm I'm a big words of affirmation guy. She's terrible at that, and I, I and because we have trust and confidence, I can say that out loud because because she said she just said it right. She is so rather than whining and complaining about it, which I did, you know, a little bit. We, we came up with an idea of how to, how to help each other love each other. So we played, we created this game. You ever played tag? You ever played tag? So it's not like we chase each other and you're it, you know. But what we did is we took this acronym, SHMILLY. SHMILLY. See how much I love you. And it was like tag. 
So I'd write it on the mirror, Schmilly, boom, she's it. Now she gets to do something. And it was, I mean, to this day, it's still, it's creative. We do kind of wild, crazy things sometimes with that. <laughs> and, but it's a game. And so we know that this was a need that we had in our life, and so we did something about it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you guys are creative people. Be creative. Yeah. We didn't create it. We found it. No, we found it. Yeah, yeah. We stole it from somebody. But it was still, it was awesome. So. So good. Yeah. couple more here. Okay. Um, are you guys, this is this okay? Is this good? You, are you, do you like this or are you so, bored? No, this is no? so good. Okay. Um, okay. How, okay. <clears throat> How can you process uh, or talk about your past trauma with your partner who may have not experienced the same thing as you? And then on the flip side, how should that person who hasn't experienced those things respond in that? And you've kind of touched on that. But for people that are dating or in the process of pursuing towards marriage or newly, even newly married, um, how would you respond? How, how, how can you process and talk about your past trauma with your partner who may not understand it because they never experienced it? And then how would you encourage somebody to receive that? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know any other way to be but to be uh, truthful, honest, not all the details. I, I do think that, um, you know, we live in a, a world where there's been a whole lot of trauma. Um, we work with... Uh, a, a bunch of young people who who have had just horrific things. I, I've had horrific things happen to me um, that I still struggle with because of where I came from. Uh, but here's what I would say: if 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 the person you're with can't handle what you're talking about because you're trying to be honest and real with that person, I would say find another person <laughs> and I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to be rude unless you're married and yeah unless you're married yeah <laughs> but yeah but you yeah. I knew you were talking about to, yeah, a, to a, yeah. maybe a dating yeah. couple I was just talking about relationship yeah uh yeah if you're married and you're struggling you, you got to ask for help because you need help um and 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 there's so many factors you guys because there's so many different things I, I mean if so let's say you're married and your partner has had tremendous abandonment issues and you're talking about stuff where you left somebody or you know and it triggers things that's where you, you got to have help you you can't you can't try to do it on your own I mean you can start there but just know it's okay to ask for help because we need people in our lives um, so and then I would say I mean like for Dana you know I mean <laughs> The night I met her, we went, we were at this Bible study, and I said, hey, you want to go to dinner with us? And she goes, yeah, I'll go. So it just was like right around the corner. So <laughs> she got in my car. We we drove over there, had dinner, and then I brought her back. I was new to the city. Yeah, she was new to the city. But then I brought her back, and we sat in my car, and I told her my whole life story. <laughs> and she's like, get me out of the car, you know. <laughs> she didn't know what to think. But you have to realize, like, he hasn't shared his whole story with you. Like, his story, like, 
He's been in jail where he's walked up to someone who was like licking someone else's blood. Like we're talking horrific horror things that he walked through. And, and I'm this innocent Christian girl. <laughs> and he just like unloaded on me. And I was 17. And I'm like, I have got to get the heck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it was like criminal mind. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> But he, he really liked me, so you <laughs> stayed. Uh, so, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing is getting help. But but I would say this too. Uh, l- let me let me just share. I I know this isn't this isn't part, but I I pulled this up because. Uh, Occasionally, I try to make lists about things that I'm learning or that I've learned that I feel like I've learned that I can share with younger generations. And, and one of the things, uh, this, I wrote this a long time ago, but I had it and I just pulled it up. But, but uh, the thing is, I believe that character is destiny. What do I mean by that? Uh, Proverbs 4.26 says this, ponder the path of your feet, then your ways will be sure. In other words, if you know where your feet are, you know where you are. So where are your feet? They're right here. Right? If we're pondering our feet and we know where our feet are, then let's make sure our feet are in the right place. Does that make sense? But our choices shape our habits, our habits shape our character, and our character shapes our destiny. I'll say it again. Our choices shape our habits, our habits shape our character, and our character shapes our destiny. The choices that we make matter. And listen, I'm talking about the little ones. You know, you know the best way to build a house? Brick by brick. We, we, we use bricks in Romania. Brick by brick. And when we're starting to build a house for a family in need, all we have is a foundation. But every single brick matters. Your choices matter. Who you choose to hang out with, the people that you surround yourself with, it matters. And so I, I just want to encourage you, based on the relationships that you desire and, and want to possess, the greatest thing you can do for somebody else that's waiting for you is to become the best you you can be. That'll preach. Be the best you you can be, man. And so if you need help with what that should be, ask. How do I do that, right? Just, you're here. You know, you're, you're, you're participating. You're here because you want to grow, you want to learn. That's, it's so smart. Hang around those kinds of people, man. Be in good places. So... Um, I think for this type of question is, um, and this might sound really simple, but grace. And it's grace on both sides. Grace for the person who is maybe the partner who's maybe struggling to have grace that the other might not quite understand what you're walking through. And grace for the person that is listening 
I mean, have grace to the fact that your partner is sharing with you where they're really at and struggling. And so the grace, I mean, and that takes being close to Jesus. Big time. Mm -hmm. I would add to this to this question, this is a great, it's a really good question, and, and to the world of past hurt and trauma, like you had mentioned, there's so much more than than we realize. A lot of us probably have it more than we realize. Even um, two things I'd say: it's like two sides of the same coin. One is um, like start that journey if you haven't yet, especially if you're married or you know, again, when you're. I think some people think if I just keep delaying, it'll go away. Like, if I just keep pushing this away, it won't be a problem in my marriage anymore, and I won't ever have to worry about addressing it. I could just finally move past it. It it won't. It won't. So so start that journey. And that that may not mean you're in a car and you give all of it in one setting, right? Because that might not be the healthiest thing for you and your spouse or you and your partner as you're walking that relationship out, your boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, whatever. So so don't, don't delay. Start that journey. And then the second piece I'd say to that, on the other side of the coin is, um, you know, understand that there, there, it will and could be a journey. So, so it may take years. It may take multiple conversations. It may take multiple counseling sessions, therapy sessions, individual, together. But be, be ready to be in it for the long haul. And, and most likely you are ready to be in it for the long haul because if you're married, you've said yes to that regardless till death do us part. But, but I would just say, you know, Holly and I, you know, we're in October. We'll be married ten years, and there are there's so much to that world for us that I'm excited to share more one day as we continue to walk through it. But um, I just wish we started the journey earlier. And um, but and it's also gone slower than I thought it would once we did start the journey. So that's why it's a two coin thing for me. So great question. Um, maybe two more, and then we're gonna pray and wrap it up. Uh, this question is about <clears throat> Matthew nineteen four through nine, uh, referencing uh, basic questions. What do you think of Matthew nineteen four through nine? Is this telling us that we all caps should leave a marriage where your partner is caught in sexual immor- immorality? Would God bless someone who decides to stay? Given your guys walking through, you know, tens of hundreds of couples potentially that are in maybe similar have situations like this. What have you seen? How do you counsel them? And, and what, what would you say to that question? You can always get a divorce. Because you can. Never. Never. I, I think God hates divorce because it's not just the people that are involved, but it's the generations that follow. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> and I'm, I'm not saying there isn't, there isn't reasons for it, because honestly, I think there, there are um, and that's a whole other conversation, but uh, I think that's where forgiveness is such a huge deal. But again, you, you, there's no way you'll you'll manage that whole thing by yourself, and you you need help, yeah. or whoever it is that you know that's walking through that. They can't they can't in any way figure that out on their own. Um, so. <clears throat> uh, I believe that Matthew 19 is is speaking to the habitual piece of somebody who has turned away from God and is is locked in this sin of sexual uh, promiscuity against their their partner. 
Um, but again, if, if there is a way to find reconciliation and forgiveness and healing, I believe God would want that. I, I really do. Um, and it's really easy for me to sit up here and say that, especially if, if you're walking through something or you're walking with somebody who is, and that it's, you just see the pain and the ravageness of all of it. But, but hear me, don't be God in that. God, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything we could ever think, hope, or imagine. And I've watched it. I have seen it. I have walked. I just did last year a memorial service for a gal who was faithful to her idiot husband. And because of her faithfulness, God got a hold of his heart and restored their marriage and transformed them. And he stood weeping at her service talking about her faithfulness to him. And they had years of, of a beautiful marriage and relationship after his idiotic. The guy, the guy wanted to kill me because I called him out in a session in front, in front of his wife. I, I told him who he was. I told him exactly what he was doing. And he still, still went off and did, you know, what he did. But she never gave up. Now, I can tell you a whole bunch of other stories where that didn't happen. But that one it did. Yeah. And God showed up. Yeah. So, uh, Just the power of Jesus' ability to transform. Yeah. I just don't. Man, if you can hear something, there's lots of been. Thank you. Your, your life is a testimony. Yeah. Your marriage yeah. as a byproduct of Jesus transforming your life, yeah. you know, is, a, is an insane testimony. Yeah. But it's also a choice that we've made every day Total, of our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Repeatedly, over and over and over. We make it every day. Matter of fact, there was a, there was a question asking something about how do, you, how do you stay away from those things or something like that in, in your relationship. Like I said, no secrets. But, but I don't, I, I had a huge issue with pornography. I, I lived in strip clubs. I dated strippers. I mean, that's, that's the world I lived in. And so when I, when I met her, right, I'm like, I mean, I, I was born again, and I was cussing up a storm. I mean, using the F-bomb, I mean, just constantly, because that's just who I was. And then I started going, wow, this just doesn't meet. <laughs> it doesn't fit. Yeah. I remember driving down the road one day, I'm, I'm singing this song about tripping on LSD, and I just pushed the cassette. That tells you how old I was. The cassette out of the thing, and I just, because I had T-tops, really nice car, <laughs> and I just threw the cassette out the window <laughs> because I didn't want to listen to it anymore. Yeah. But what was incredible is the people around me, they were just loving me for who I was and not telling me, oh, my gosh, you're going to go to hell because you talk like that. Yeah. Thank the Lord I didn't have those people. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, I have, I have, I have passwords and securities and stuff that she only knows just because I don't want if I if I see something and I, I look at it too long I'll go and tell her I'll just say hey babe something popped up on my computer screen and I, I just saw it and I, I looked at it and I mean I, these days it's not I don't struggle with that as much as I did early but um, I'm human you know yeah. and I'm an idiot it's sometimes and I need help. And so I, I would I put everything I could on the stuff because I knew what I was capable of. Yeah? Right. So why why tempt yourself? Why 
Why do that? <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sorry, that was totally no, so. No, it was right on. Uh, last question, and I'm going to pray. Okay. It's around, uh, the, the couple questions came this way, so I'm going to kind of combine some questions. But whether you're in a dating relationship, engaged to be married or married, how do you, how do you prioritize your marriage in your relationship like how have you guys found that sweet spot some of these questions are specific about how you do that while being in full-time ministry i'm going to add to that because a couple of them have talked about just balance of life work life all of the stuff that you got to do how do you how do you balance the prior prioritizing your marriage and your relationship amongst all of the things that life brings that you've got to do so first of all you need to know what matters to you if you don't know what that is, you need to find out. And if I had a whiteboard here, what I would do is I would put a, a draw container right here. And then I, over here, I would put uh, some rocks right here. You guys know where I'm going with this? Big rocks, yeah? And then I would say, write down the, the three, four, five, six, seven things that matter to you the most. And just put names on those boulders. And then once you determine what those are, then put them in, in your life. Because here's the thing. The little pebbles in our life, if we let them, they'll fill our lives. And the things that matter to us the most will get choked out. So what matters to you the most? And, and here's, here's an amazing thing. They're called phones. <laughs> and they have calendars. And you can actually schedule appointments on these phones. Did you know that? Did you guys know that? And, and I would say, because just look at your calendar and just see where the priority is. Now, I'm not, I know you got work and you have responsibilities, and sometimes the, the time frame of that is, is longer than maybe your time. But where are, you, where are you scheduling time with each other? Where are you making it a priority so that you can be together? Because if you don't, it won't happen. And so, you know, let's just take us with five kids. I mean, we used to put our kids down at night when they were little, and we'd sit down and we'd look at each other and we'd be like, man, are we nuts or what? You know, because <laughs> we were just wasted, tired, worn out. We had five. You know, she did. <laughs> Together we did. But it, it wore us out, you know. It was, it was a lot of work. But... We, we always made time. I don't know how we did it, but we did. Yes? Yes. But. There's a but. <laughs> there it will always be something you fight for yep. forever. Always. It doesn't matter what season you're in. That's good. Um, you know, the season with kids, we... Um, maybe it wasn't going out as frequent. Um, but we did try to make it a priority. We were, we were young youth pastors, and, you know, we would find a babysitter, you know, that we really trusted and liked, and then ended up, you know, pouring into that person, you know, who was watching our kids for us. Um, ministry, um, you know, that, that can be a tough one because – when do you stop doing good? Mm -hmm. Right? There's always a need. But you have a wife or a husband and you have a family. Um, so it was it was a priority for us. 
and um, you know we had to we had to set things up. Mondays were our day off, right? So we're going now. Mind you, ours is a little different. We both worked at the church, so we have the same job per se, kind of. Um, but that's where we like put phones away and we just spend the day together. Um, when you don't, the calendar comes in real handy because you have to schedule it or it doesn't happen. The container he was describing, if you don't put those big rocks of your priority in it first, then yes, all these little things keep coming in and then this you're still going to come. Yeah, li yeah, they're going to come. Life happens, right? And so if one of those big rocks is your marriage or a relationship and it doesn't fit because it's full of all these pebbles, all these little things that are happening, then it's neglected and it's not going to be what you want it to be. So do we still fight for that today? Absolutely. We do. And he can tell you many a times that, you know, I have um, – was crying or why because there were times I felt second in his life right. but she told me. you know he not that I don't love people but he loves people and he's just you know he's you know doing good he's helping them he's helping them um but where where did I fall and so um it's something we fight for two things and then we're done. One thing Great. and a story. Love it. Okay. This is how we're going to wrap it up. Okay. So, so we created two questions, really three, that were life transforming. I pause and say, if you haven't and you're taking notes at this point yet, write these down. <laughs> T type them in your phone. Yeah. Okay. So, so here's the first question, right? And this is mutual. It's both ways. And we've been doing this for years. And it, it, we don't have, like, a scheduled time for it. We just do it periodically. Number one, how am I doing as your husband? Number two, how am I doing as the father of your kids? And number three, don't lie to me. Or in other words, tell me. I want to know. Because I need help. <laughs> and I probably need it more than she does. They can't. They can't. And so... This, this is a big deal because sometimes it was really good and sometimes it wasn't good. <laughs> but I found out or she found out. So really powerful. Say it one more time just in case people were getting their thing out as you were saying. How am I doing as your husband? How am I doing as your wife? Right? Either, both ways. Um, uh, how am I doing as the father of your kids or mother? And tell me the truth. I really want to know. And then buckle up. <laughs> and I could tell you so many stories where I thought I was doing so good. <laughs> and then we're like at dinner at this really nice place. And I'm thinking, man, this is going to be great. It's going to be a great night, you know. <laughs> and I ask the questions and the big old tears fill her eyes. And I'm like, oh, darn. <laughs> So <clears throat> I just want to share this one question or this one story. We we have done uh, a lot of parenting seminars in the past and and uh, still do. But um, 
we were at a leadership. It was a, it was a fairly big church. It was this this was somewhere here in the states, and and uh, whenever we did uh, parenting seminars, one of the things we always tried to do is have some of our kids there, because we would do these panel discussions at the end of the seminar, and they would drill our kids, you know, because you can talk a good talk, right? But let's talk to the fruit. Let, let's let's see what's really in there. Is it bitter or is it sweet? You know, and so we're at this thing, and uh, so so one of our boys was able to be at this one because it was out of town, and and he was he was with us or there for some reason. So we're at the home of the pastor and all the leaders in the church. So there's probably twenty couples, twenty five couples. And they're just, we're having a kind of the same thing. We're just a Q&A, and they're asking us questions. And this question about how do you prioritize your time, you know, when your kids are young and you're doing all this. And one of the things that we have always done is usually usually a couple of times a year, but for sure once a year, but a couple times a year, we just get away and we just see how we're doing. We look at the things that we're pursuing, we're going after with, with our marriage, with our kids, you know, with, with our ministry, our goals, that kind of thing. And so when they were young, we would go away, right, and, and get away. So we're talking about this, and this person looks over to our son and says, so how did that make you feel? And, you know, think about our boy. They're all truth tellers. <laughs> so they just say it like it is. And he goes, it sucked. I couldn't stand it. I wanted to go with him. And, and people laughed, you know, and then they quit laughing, and he quit talking, and tears started filling his eyes. And he said, I didn't like it then. He says, but today, and he pointed at us, he says, it's one of the greatest gifts I have. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Did I start parenting thinking that that was going to happen one day and my son was going to compliment us in that way? Nah. You know what it started with? It started with, man, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I need help. And we went pursuing people who we saw their kids doing pretty good. Or a marriage, yeah. And we knocked on their door until they opened it or they told us to leave. And I'm not kidding. And some people didn't want, they didn't want to spend the time. But some people did. And those people helped change our lives. So be pursuers. Amen. Will you, will you just take a moment, help me thank Pastor Tim and Dana for uh, being with us. Imparting and investing. Will you, guys, will you guys pray over this group? Just pray blessing over them and uh, as we wrap it up. Well, Lord, I just want to thank you for um, hungry people. I want to thank you, Lord, for people that would, would take the time to be here um, on a night when they could be doing all kinds of things. And they've chosen to, to put you in a place, in a position in their lives because they, they want to know you and they want to grow. Um, Lord, I just pray wherever we are on our journey, because we're all in different places, I just pray that, Lord, today we would take one more step towards you. Um, Lord, I'm just reminded of the prayer that you put in my heart for my kids that I've prayed for, for years and years and years and years, and that's this prayer. Lord, I pray 
that today, that each one of us in this room would know how much you love us just a little bit more. Because, Lord, when we get a revelation of how much you care and how much you love us, it changes us. And I just pray you would change us. Make us more like you, Lord. Help us to be kind people. Help us to be loving people. Help us to be forgiving people. God, help us not to hold grudges. Help us to walk in liberty and freedom. And, Lord, I know that the key to that is knowing how much you love us because when we get that, Everything else falls away. It just falls away. So I just pray. I pray that prayer. And I ask that you would just um, allow it to permeate and grow in each and every one of us. Uh, Lord, that we could be more like you and that you would take our lives and use them to make a difference in somebody else. So we just, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity to be together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, what a, oh, so good. Um, yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks again, thanks again for the investment into, into our lives. And uh, we love, we love you. I love you. I know a lot of us love you guys, but uh, boom. Well, hey, next week we'll be back. Um, we're uh, back here at normal, seven o'clock. And, uh, You'll hear, we're still kind of getting something finalized for what next week is going to look like, but stay tuned to our, our text connect or Instagram, social media to hear what hear what it'll be. Um, thanks for being here tonight. In the meantime, yeah, be praying for our brothers and sisters in Russia and Ukraine and um, all that's going on over there. And then we'll see you next week.